Welcome back to Return to Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Curry. You know the drill. If this is your first time here with me, then allow me to say welcome to the show. And thank you very much for joining us today. If you've been here before, I appreciate your continued loyalty to the truth, this podcast, and for coming back for more. And of course, if you haven't yet listened to our previous podcast episode, or season for that matter, then please, please take the time to make sure you go back and give it a listen. The last episode that we recorded was Season 2, Episode 14, and it was called Warning. In that episode, we talked about a warning of love, a cry for help, a plea of salvation, and how not to ignore the warnings of what's coming next. With that said, before we begin today's episode, we need to ask God to guide us into a better understanding of His Word. So let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for giving us hope, for giving us a promise of a new life and a new earth. We look forward to the day that you will receive us unto yourself so that we can be where you are. We long for that day, Father. We ask now that you guard our hearts and lift us up. Please bless us now as we study your word. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. The title of today's episode is A New Earth. So if you could for a moment, imagine if you will, walking down the streets in Hiroshima on a beautiful bright summer morning. The birds are in the trees. The wind is blowing. The sun is shining. It's completely surreal. Then far above, you hear the sound of a lone plane way off in the distance. You look up, then suddenly, a brilliant bright flash of light overwhelms you, followed by an incredible giant blast, which knocks down entire buildings all around you and completely decimates everything in its path of destruction. It's okay. You can come back to reality now. But this is what a group of Japanese high school students has painstakingly produced in a virtual reality VR experience that mimics one of the atomic bombs dropped on Japan in 1945. So first off, what is VR? Well, to sum it up quickly, it is a computer-generated immersive experience that combines auditory, visual, and other stimulus simulation. Users of VR typically put on headsets with built-in screens that allow them to look around and experience an artificial world, a fake reality. VR is most commonly used in gaming and 3D cinema, but it is also being used in medicine, education, the military, flight simulators, and driver training. Just the other day, I saw on YouTube a replication of the entire inside and outside of the Titanic. You could literally walk around on the deck and through the rooms. It was absolutely stunning. Finally, you can experience some of the most amazing wonders in this world for the first time ever. Things that you have never been able to see until now. Of course, that is a great idea until the VR video game world becomes a much better place to be than our current one. With that said, 
It's a common belief among many that heaven and the new earth will not be a tangible place where we enjoy touching, tasting, seeing, smelling, and hearing the things in real life. A false picture of the hereafter is even presented in the media, movies, and music, portraying people floating on clouds and playing harps. As much fun as that might be, this is sort of an outdated VR experience if you ask me. Honestly, this is nowhere close enough to what we are going to be able to experience. We cannot even fully comprehend what is being offered to us. The life we live now will look like a grain of sand compared to the abundance that awaits us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this, But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But the Bible paints the heavenly Canaan, this new earth, in far more vivid terms than that of clouds and harps. Something completely unimaginable. Something we can't even fully understand. Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 through 2 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The very concept of new earth implies a world much like our own, but complete without and using emphasis on that word, the damages, corruption, and implications caused by our own sin in the current world we live today. This will be new, and new implies something that is unseen before. In reality, when God first created our world, He did so in seven days, and it consisted of real trees, grass, animals, fish, birds, water, sky, people, and, well, everything we know today. But without an element of sin, without a stain on everything that we touch. God called it good. We see that in Genesis 1, 3, 9, 12, 18, etc. It was, however, not some virtual environment or fake perception for Adam and Eve. It was, in fact, the real deal. When sin crept in, it was like a cancer, completely destroying and changing everything that was. You know, think about it like this. Let's look at one of the worst insects imaginable. The spider. I'd rather not, but let's go there. Back in the time of creation, did the spider exist? Well, I would say probably so. But did the spider have venom? If so, why? What would be the reason for it? Death and pain didn't exist. So my answer would be, I think not. It wasn't until sin entered the world that it became cursed and changed everything that we see today. In the end of times, when God completely eradicates sin and makes a new earth, it is this earth that will be renewed and recreated to its original state before sin ever made its ugly stain upon the world. After the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up, that's 2 Peter 3.10. God will make the earth fresh again, a tangible reality that we will enjoy forever. The time is coming for the reconstruction to begin, a time to tear down 
and rebuild what was once broken from sin, and this includes all of those who chose the path of sin, as it cannot exist in a new earth. Romans chapter 8 verse 22 says, For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Now, this isn't a bad thing. This is phenomenal news. Can you imagine for a moment a new earth? The earth we currently dwell upon has waxed old. It is a broken shell of what it used to be, beaten, battered, and worn, ready to be alive again, ready to be rescued from the curse that is upon it, experiencing exactly how it was meant to be from the beginning. It sounds a lot like something that both of us would want, not just for the earth and the experience of it, but also for ourselves. Don't you feel the same way about your own self? I know I sure do. I feel so broken and worn, shattered and beat down by the cursed sin. But in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, it says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. The new earth will be the eternal dwelling place of the believers in Jesus Christ and the home to your Creator. The new earth and the new heavens are sometimes referred to as the eternal state. Peter specifically tells us that the new heaven and new earth will be where the righteousness dwells. Isaiah says that the former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Things will be completely new, and the old order of things, with the accompanying sorrow and tragedy, trials and tribulations of this current world, will be gone. This city represents the final state of the redeemed of mankind, forever in fellowship and harmony with God Himself. God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. They will see his face. This reminds me of a story about a man who was gifted a vacation to one of the most beautiful Hawaiian islands, complete with the most luxurious accommodations ever imaginable. The food was plentiful, very fresh and appetizing, always overflowing with the very best. Towels seemed to have appeared before even being requested. And throughout the hotel, an army of employees stood by ready to open a door as he approached, always by his side, it seemed. As he recalled it, he even wondered, is this heaven? It sure seems like it. So with that in mind, life in our new earth, the paradise promised, will be far more grand than any resort you have ever experienced because it includes the kingdom of the Son of His love. We see here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed to us the kingdom and of the Son of His love. So let's open up on some online commentary on this topic for a moment. Let's really get a perspective of this, and let's see where the Bible clearly tells us and where it takes us. It says here in Revelation 21, 9, 11, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. 
And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like the most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Speaking of gemstones, an incredibly rare gemstone called Tafiti was discovered in Sri Lanka in 1945. Since then, only a handful of these gems have been found. This rarely seen beauty makes them highly sought after and valuable. In heaven, the light of the great city of Jerusalem will be like a glorious stone, shining pure like crystal. Its radiance will outshine any precious gem on earth, and its value will be immeasurable. Covered in the glory of God, the holy Jerusalem will descend with brilliance. Psalms chapter 50 verse 2 says, Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Every treasure man holds valuable will pale in comparison to the magnificent city of heaven. Precious stones will lavishly adorn the walls of Jerusalem. Twelve different stones to be exact. You can read about that in Revelations chapter 21 verses 19 through 20. We also read in Revelation 21, 21, it says here, the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. So to visualize this pearly gates of heaven being formed out of one pearl is unfathomable. Streets of gold so pure that they are transparent will extend from the twelve gates. What a beautiful description. Revelation 21 goes on to say that in the heaven there will be no more sun or moon. The glory of God and the light of the Lamb will be its illumination. It says here in Revelation 21, 23-25, The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is the light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it, its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. So perhaps the greatest feature of this is the infinite nature of this new life. The simple fact that it will never come to an end. In this world, vacations eventually come to an end. We then re-enter the same old routines and work of daily life in a broken world. Psalms chapter 16 verse 11 says this, In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Reminds me of a song, Amazing Grace. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. John chapter 17 verse 3 says this, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You see, in tomorrow's world, however, in the earth that is made completely new, there will be no need for re-entry. Everything good will continue without end. Happiness will endure forever. Joy will be everlasting. And the redeemed will never grow old, never lose their vitality, and never die. Isaiah 65, 19 
the voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her. We also read in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So this will be literally a new world order, to borrow a phrase, but this one will be of peace, plenty, and healing for all. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. From where I live, I can see impressive-looking homes dotting the coastline of beaches, considered mansions by the world's standards. But I know they don't even come close to the mansions prepared for us in heaven. It was C.S. Lewis that once said, The fact that our heart yearns for something earth can't supply is proof that heaven must be our home. This life offers nothing compared to that of the next. If I were to try to think of how to describe the new earth and the new heaven, what comes to my mind is creation 2.0. A new genesis, in a way. A new beginning. A new canvas, and those who choose wisely will get to experience it in this time. If you recall, prior to the downfall of Adam and Eve, both lived in a completely perfect and sinless world. They were really the only humans who ever lived on this earth that know what that experience of a new earth is like. We never have. What an amazing experience they were given. So in closing, this isn't some Matrix VR experiment. You have a choice, you know. Take the blue pill. Take the red one. Okay, you actually have a real choice. It says here, a narrow gate and a wide gate. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. With that said, you can be a part of the transformation, or be a part of what was. Only in the new heaven and in the new earth will the storms of life ultimately and finally be stilled. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have so much more coming your way. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Just search the name at return underscore to underscore truth and look for the logo. So feel free to drop us a Bible question and we will answer it here on the show. You can also leave a comment or even request a shout out. You can find Return to Truth on many different podcast apps. Just search Return to Truth and look for the logo. Make sure to follow this podcast channel on any of those apps or websites to stay up to date. Don't forget to then comment and rate because I want to hear from you. And please share this podcast as much as you can. So remember to stay tuned as we return to truth.